How many of you know that God can speak to you at any point, at any time, if you're listening to him? And I just have to believe that in an atmosphere like we are in right now through worship and our song, God's speaking to you. God spoke to me a while ago, something for me. And I believe he can speak something to you at any point. So if you're expecting it and looking for it, you'll find it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. So welcome to Skybreak. Man, I'm so glad you're starting off the new year in the house of the Lord and wherever you're tuning in from, we're glad you're here. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> I didn't plan on staying up till midnight, but I had a couple of neighbors. And our house is, our house is the county line. So it sounded like the Civil War going on between a couple of my neighbors. And <laughs> we just listened to the festivities. It was, I'm like, Man, how much money did they spend? You know, just my rationale. I'm like, whoa. But it was great. And we watched the sparkle in the sky above the trees and Janet and I am talking about. And so, hey, say a prayer for her. I didn't intend to say anything, but we, we feel like she's been on a pretty big struggle the last few months. And the oncologist unexpectedly called me yesterday on a Saturday, New Year's Eve, and we think we have a handle on might be what's going on, and she's gonna have to have a surgery this week and a few things happening. And so just, that's, just pray for wisdom and favor and for healing. <laughs> Can you do that? That's why she's not here today. It's just her immune system is working overtime, and it's been, I'll say it this way, Friday night, 104.2 temperature. Well, that's, that's, that's not good, right? So... In Jesus' name, I said in Jesus' name, and I'm believing you, uh, with you for your answer, your healing, because God is able, <clears throat> and uh, never, have, never have doubted him, never will. So we're so glad you're here. Today I want to talk about making a fresh start. I read something, oh, it's been a year and a half ago, <clears throat> And I thought it was very funny, and I'm gonna ask him to put it up on the screen, because I want you to read it. It says, never blame someone else for the road you choose. <laughs> Just read it a couple times, okay? Somebody's go, yeah, I see the camera's going up. Somebody's taking a picture. I'm, I'm gonna send that one out. Never blame someone else for the road you choose or chose. That's your own. <laughs> mm. Somebody's like, oh, just got it. <laughs> it's okay to laugh in church, right? Can you, I'm not offending anybody, Emma. I mean, it's proper English. Okay, leave it up there for a second. Everybody wants to take a picture of it. Go put it back, okay? Everybody's like, oh no. All right, get it up there. 
Don't say Pastor, da say Pastor Danny said it. I'm okay, that's fine. Just make sure you spell asphalt right. <laughs> Don't let autocorrect do something unexpected. You send it out and I'm like, oh, well, no, I didn't say that. Okay. In my experience, God, I found that God is far more interested in your future than he is in your past. And that's a very important posture to start with today. God's far more interested in your future than he is with your past. Now, some of us think that God really, all he wants to do is remind us of the things that we've done wrong. But I'm here to tell you that's simply not true. If you're getting a lot of reminders of all the things you've done wrong, I can assure you it's not God talking to you. It's your conscience, it's the devil, it's people who don't like you, who say they do. God isn't interested in your past, he's interested in your future. He's not interested so much in where you've been. I mean, yes, things have happened, he wants to heal that. That's why we find freedom at Skybreak. Finding freedom is a part of our journey, freedom from the past, from decisions. That's, we, we have to live through decisions we've made but God's more interested in your future and where you're headed. So as we, we begin the new year, this is an opportunity to make a fresh start, and I want us to hear what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 43. Forget about what has happened. Forget about what has happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert, be present. I'm about to do something brand new. Man, I'd sure like to see that happen in a few places in my life. How about you? The prophet goes on to say, it's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. And that's what I hope you'll do today. You can be seated. I hope you'll see it. So the Bible tells us to forget about what's happened because it's over. It's over. That bad decision, that tough time, even that success you had, it's over. Now we need to look at the future. So how do we do that? How do we look at the future? How do we step into the future? How do we make a fresh Start. I want to give you five or six things. Write these things down. I hope you will. Here's the first one. If you want to step into the future and make a fresh start, you got to stop making excuses. Never blame someone else for the road you chose. It's your own fault. It's your own fault. Stop seeing yourself as the victim of circumstances. Proverbs 28 says, a man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets another chance. You get to start over. You get another chance. You swing once, you miss the ball, then get back in there. <laughs> get set, get ready. If you've never played baseball, then 
You got to pick out your own analogy. <laughs> but you got to get ready. Got to be ready. I remember playing football and the biggest thing is getting set. Get set. You got to expect it. You got to be looking for it because there's a snap coming. And the beautiful thing about this relationship with God, Isaiah says we get to start over. Proverbs says a man who admits it, he gets another chance. So the truth is, most of our failures are caused by us. <laughs> I hate to pin it on you, but it's the truth. For example, example, failures happen when we don't plan ahead. We make decisions, but often we don't consider the consequences of those decisions. In the moment, it sounded good. I heard a country song, this didn't mean years ago, it says, I know what I was feeling, but what was I thinking? Who's Dirks Bentley? Yeah. Don't know if he's in heaven or not or going to heaven. I don't know anything about his music. But that's a statement's powerful, right? I know what I was feeling, but what was I thinking? Sometimes you need to think. Don't let your feelings make the decision. You need to be thinking. It's your own fault. Proverbs 20 says, a sensible man. Now that word sensible is probably trying to be redefined right now, and you need to go back to its original context of what it means. The writer says, a sensible man watches for problems and prepares to meet them. But a fool, a fool never looks ahead, and therefore he suffers the consequences of that. Did you know Noah didn't wait until it started raining to get his hammer and saw out and decide he's going to build a boat? He planned ahead. Jesus said there was a man who started to build a tower, but he didn't finish it because he didn't have enough money to do it. Why? Because he failed to plan. Jesus also said a king went out to battle, and he lost the battle because he didn't count his soldiers. Before he went to war, he was outnumbered. He didn't have a plan. If you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. So failure happens when you don't have a plan. Failure also happens when we don't listen to other people. Now, let me clarify that. There's a lot of people talking, and you got to decide who you're going to listen to. And there's a lot of people who have a lot of free advice that isn't worth a dime. And their advice they're given is not the advice that's best in your best interest, and you need to decide that. You need to have a spiritual intuition. This is where Holy Spirit leads us and guides us into all truth. You need something that checks you when things are coming at you. And then you need to decide who you're gonna listen to. Proverbs 15 says that plans fail without good advice. And we all need to get the advice that we can and listen to others who can help us. Some of you on the other side, somebody, some of you listen to everybody and you need to put some boundaries up. Some of you, you won't listen to anybody. Say, so, Pastor, you've only been five minutes in your sermon and you're just laying it out there today. I don't mean for you. Well, if this, if this word touches you, then own it. <laughs> if you're not listened, if you're not willing to listen to people, it might be because of your pride 
or ego. Proverbs 16 says, pride always leads to destruction and a haughty spirit to a fall. You need to learn to listen to people. I don't know how many times my dad said when I was growing up, he said, listen, and then he'd say something. Listen to me, he'd say something. Some of you are hearing, but you're not listening. Some of you, God's talking to you, you're hearing, but you're not listening. This morning, standing right there, he spoke. I just didn't hear it, I listened, and God began to help me with some, something I've been praying for for over 15 years, something just happened today. I don't know where it's going, I, don't, I gotta process it, but God triggered something in my heart. Standing here this morning, I'm like, oh Lord. So now I gotta go process and listen some more because I wanna obey God, I wanna grow. So failure happens when you don't listen. Here's another one, failure happens when we give up too soon. If you give up when troubles come, this is another verse in Proverbs. Remember the book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom. If you give up when trouble comes, it just shows that you're weak. I, I actually had a thought about, I, I, maybe that word's a little strong for some people. Maybe, maybe I ought to pull that out. And I'm like, well, heck, it's the word of God. Why would I do that? It's not me talking, it's God talking. He's like, look, if problems come and, and you don't know what to do, it shows where your weaknesses are. Somebody needs to be showing us where we need to get better. We live our lives too often offended at the things we know. We're still li living in the past in our mistakes and offended at all the shortcuts. When God said, look, I'm pointing them out to you because I want to pull you out of that. I have a future for you and you got to learn to deal with those weaknesses or failure is just going to keep coming. And it's always too soon to quit and you're never, you're never a failure until you give up. So get back up, dust off. It's the first day of a new year. I know there's stuff going on. It might've been last night. It might've been six months ago. It might've been 20 years ago. You need to bury the hatchet, lay it to rest and get up and move on. I don't know how much history you know, but here's a couple thoughts. George Washington lost two thirds of his battles that he fought in the American Revolution, but he won the war. Napoleon, little guy, <laughs> this is pretty interesting. He graduated 42nd of 43 students. And then he conquered Europe. Thomas Edison, yeah, you know that one. Is this gonna be a light bulb? No. Is this gonna be a light bulb? No. Is this gonna be a light bulb? No. Is it a thousand plus times? You may do that every time, but count them. Is this gonna be a light bulb? No. Is this <laughs> a, a thousand plus failures, or as he would say, a thousand plus experiments on how not to create a light bulb. But then he invented the light bulb and we're sitting in it today. If you're gonna make a fresh start, you've gotta stop making excuses and you gotta get on with your life, okay? Everybody say yes? Everybody say yes? All right, here's the second one. You gotta step in, if you're gonna make a fresh start, you gotta stop making excuses and you have to evaluate your life experiences. Now, this is really important. I'm not gonna give you a lot of content here. I want you to go and think about this. There's four things that I want you to see. I've learned 
that there are four categories of experiences that God uses in my life. And I believe everybody has experiences that you can use to help other people. So Paul wrote it this way in the book of Galatians. He said, you have experienced many things. Were they wasted? I hope not. So there's things you've been through. There's experiences you've had. And in fact, there are experiences that you may not have planned, but they're yours anyway. Use them to help other people. So here's the four types of experiences that I believe God will use in your life. The first one is personal experiences. In other words, he'll use experiences from the home you grew up in and the family you had. He'll use personal experiences from the people that you relate to and the places you've been. So Janet and I have had the privilege in years past of traveling in a lot of places around the world even. There's some places I haven't been, but there's some places I have been. And I've been back to some of them more than once. And So you have some experiences and then you meet somebody and they're like, I don't think I've ever been out of Brazos County. Their experience is gonna be different, but you can share them. But there's some real personal experiences and there's some things I've went through. There's some things you've went through. There's things people in this church that I know about. I know some of your experiences. They're personal. They're, you can help other people. It might not be the one that you chose and it might have been painful, but you could still share it with somebody. Okay? So personal experiences. You also have educational experiences. In other words, there's things you know about that I don't. I have a cousin who's a pastor. His name is Brett. And we call him Brettanica. Now, if you're in the new generation, you don't know what a Brettanica is. You just Google something. But if you're from my generation, Brettanica was an encyclopedia that it, it has this vast information. Y'all just Google it. So he would be... Google Canada. I don't know. But it's funny because his name is Brett and his brother named him Brettanica. Why? Because he knows something about everything. He, he, has, he is the most read. He, I'm telling you, the guys, he's about, he and I are the same age. We're first cousins. And Janet, she just amuses herself. She said, tell me about that, Brett. He says, if you really want to know. He'll just start talking. I don't have some of those educational experiences, but there are some people have some real educational experiences. Some of you have some educational experiences nobody needs to know about. But in the thick of the fight of making life work, it might be that you could use that experience to help somebody. There's things you've learned about life I could tell you how to make a marriage work when there's challenges. I can tell you how to do that. I can tell you how to live a life of trusting God completely because you're wondering why things are turning out the way they are. And yet, there's so many other things you can look at to say, my goodness, God, I see you everywhere. You have to choose what you're gonna look at. I could share some educational experiences, right? And then somebody said, experience is the best teacher. Well, maybe so, but it may be better to learn from somebody else's experiences so you don't have to carry the scars and the regrets that they're carrying. So, so, so you got experience. And you have personal experiences. You have educational. And then thirdly, you have spiritual experiences. I, 
I can tell you and share with you about my spiritual encounters with God. At the age of 15, I had a, well, at the age of nine, I still remember receiving the Holy Spirit into my life, speaking in a language I didn't understand. I was nine years old. It was an encounter with God at a church, the church I grew up in and was dedicated in. Nine years old, and God, I mean, at nine, don't underestimate those children in the next room over there and what God is doing and speaking to them and through them. You gotta know that it's important. That's why we highly value the next generation. I was nine years old. I had this encounter with God. Then at 15, I had another significant encounter with God. I, I could describe where I was at, what was going on. It was at church. Most of my spiritual encounters happened at church or summer camp or in some place where the environment was conducive and my heart was open. That's why we say you need to be in church. That's why you say you need to send your kids to camp. That's why we need to create these moments in small group where God can show up. God's always there, but sometimes we don't open the gate to let him in. And so you miss the spiritual experience. Some of you are too stoic and you, you hold back and you keep the gate locked and God's trying to get in and you're like, oh, I don't want to lose control. Why not? You think God's going to make you do something to make you look foolish? Not, not the God I'm serving. He's never done that. Now, he may choose the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Yep, he'll do that because people just think they're so smart and they're really so dumb and they miss it. But spiritual experiences, there are times when God shows up in church. There, there's, a, there's times that God has spoken to you and you can use your spiritual experiences to help other people. Now let me clarify something. This is for who, thank you Lord. Some people have a, an experience with God and it's just for you. They, you say, Pastor, you're speaking out of both sides of your mouth. No, let me clarify there are some things God tells you you need to do that he's not telling somebody else they need to do it. And this is where we start legalizing the gospel. And you think, well, they must not be following God because they're not doing what I'm doing. No, that's, that's something God told you you needed to do. Every one of us have weaknesses and tendencies and there's some places in your life you need to put up some boundaries that I may not have to put those boundaries there and there may be some places in my life where I need to put up some boundaries but they may not be for you. So I can't preach that to you as a heaven or hell issue but you need to know what the boundaries ought to be for you and you need wise people around you who know you that if you can't see where boundaries need to be put up in your life you can listen to them, listening to other people and they can tell you. Failure comes when you don't listen. You need people to say, Hey, you probably not ought to do that. Well, God didn't say I shouldn't do it. Well, I'm telling you, because I love you, and I know your tendencies, and God's using me to talk to you. Well, I thank you for that January 1 golf clap. There. Yeah, well, that was a pretty good sermon, I'll tell you right now. Boundaries. You've got, so educational experiences, spiritual experiences. And, and then there's, I said I wasn't going to give you a lot of content in that, but there's more there, I suppose, for you. So the fourth one, so we have, we have personal, we have educational, we have spiritual, and we have painful experiences. God will use an illness, a career failure, a divorce, the loss of a loved one. All of those are tough times. There's things you've been through, but truth is most likely somebody else has had a similar experience that they can help you with through that tough time, or God will use what you've been through 
to help somebody else when they face that experience. These experiences are valuable. Don't waste them. So ask yourself a couple of questions. What have I learned from this last year? What have I learned from my experiences? <laughs> Man, that's probably the best question you could ever ask. What am I learning from all this stuff that's happening? If you're missing what you're supposed to be learning, then that's just dumb, right? It's like, <laughs> you should have picked up on something. So, so the second is, you gotta ask yourself, not only what have I learned, but what are my assets? Let, let me explain that. In other words, what do I have going for me? What, what's, what am I good at? Right, so ask yourself that because God's not gonna ask you to do something that you're not, look, let me say it plainly. This is kind of a good example. If you can't carry a tune, he's probably not gonna have you be a soloist on a stage. You can sing in the shower, but that probably ought to be it. Right? But if you got a voice and you're using it for wrong purposes, you should be using that to glorify God. So if you can build something, you ought to be building things that matter. And you make, do it to make a living for your family. Well, there's the first place to start. Wow. Give me a hammer and a saw, and I can make firewood. <laughs> Some of you can build furniture. Okay? And then third question, you know, what, who can help me? What did I learn? What am I good at? And then who can help me? Do I have the right people, the right relationships? Some of you are fostering relationships in your life and, and maybe you're being a nice person and I, I'm glad about that. And, and people matter. We, we love everybody. Don't misunderstand me. But you need to hone in on the people who can help you, who can speak into your life, who you can subject or submit yourself to. You, you ought to have three types of relationships. Write this down. People that are ahead of you, people that are peers to you, and people that are coming behind you. People that are ahead of you, people that could say, no, no, not do that. I got some friends of mine, but I know in some areas they're wiser than me. So sometimes I'm the teacher and sometimes I'm the student. And you gotta know when to be which. The way you think determines the way you feel and the way you feel determines how you act. There are things you may regret that happened last year and there are things you may be ashamed of, but, but, the, but the more you hold on to them and rehearse it, the more it continues to hurt you and that's not smart. You gotta change your mind. You gotta stop focusing on what you don't want and start focusing on what you do want. Psalm one, happy are those who meditate on God's word. Everybody say happy. Well, I just wanna be happy, okay? What does God say about it? If you, if you meditate on God's word, the scripture says they're like trees. If you meditate, happy are those who meditate. You're like a tree planted by the rivers of water that don't dry up. They succeed in everything they do. In other words, happier those who think about what God says about you. Happier those who think about his love, his plans, his purpose. You gotta refocus your thoughts and that's what I have to do. I gotta fill my mind with what God says. It'll change how you think and that's where you get the power to start over. I can do this by the help of God. And then number five, to make a fresh start, you gotta trust God to help you succeed. Trust. Everybody say trust. trust. Say trust. trust. I'm not going to ask you to turn to your neighbor and say, I trust you, because it doesn't happen like that. That's a big deal to trust. 
That's a big deal. Can I be honest? I don't trust everybody. And there's some people I'm like, no, no, ain't happening. Don't trust you. Now, maybe they've never had an opportunity to win my trust, but it's not my job to go get them to prove that I can trust them. It's their job to let me know I can trust them. You get that? But trust is a powerful thing. And you gotta trust God because willpower alone won't make you succeed. Willpower alone can't do it. I can tell you the areas of my life where I see progress and growth and health I didn't do that by myself. I had to trust God in some areas one step at a time and he proved I could keep trusting him. And now I look at it and I'm like, yeah, that was a baby step. Now I can take a leap. But some people are still at baby steps in different parts of your life. And for you to make a fresh start, in any area of your life, let alone with God, but in any area of your life, you've got to learn what trust means and then people have to learn they can trust you and you have to be trustworthy and you have to become trust a trusting person and you have to be one people can depend on. And remember, if you're in a relationship and it seems like there's no trust, what maybe can you do to enable people to trust you where they can learn you're worthy of their trust? You don't make a fresh start by trying. God has proved himself. Well, yeah, I prayed for this and it didn't happen. Well, so have I. I also asked my dad for some things and he didn't give them to me. Does that make him not my dad anymore? Did I make him a bad dad? No. My dad went to heaven a few months ago, October 5th. I'm grateful for what he told me about, what he taught me. 85 years old, taught me so many, I'm here today, so many things. A lot of things he said no to. Does that mean he wasn't my dad? See, we, we get this, you gotta get this relationship right. Like, he's God, your father, my heavenly father. And sometimes your heavenly father says, yeah, no, we're not gonna do that. Uh, no, no, we don't behave like that. No, that wouldn't be best for you. Well, they got to do it. Isn't that what kids say? Well, all the other kids have get to, don't. they don't have to be home. I'm like, I don't give a rip what other kids, they can stay out all night. That's their parents' responsibility. My responsibility is, I'm like, you gotta be home at 10 o'clock. <laughs> well, I don't like that. Move out. Trust. Here's what the Bible says about trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he'll show you the, the path you should take. One of my anchor scriptures over the last years with my journey with Janet, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge him. And he'll guide your steps. Okay. I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread into the unknown. And he said, go out into the darkness and take the hand of God. That will be better for you than a light and safer than a known way. Okay. 
Okay. I didn't write that. (laughs) I read it at Windsor Castle in England. Michael Fanette Parks, a couple in our church had just lost their daughter. Seven years old, had a heart transplant, turned eight in the hospital, didn't survive. Her body, the heart was fine after they transplant, but the body just finally after months, their firstborn child. And I, I was with Janet. Right after that, we were in England. In fact, they were still in the hospital at that point. And I saw that statement. I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread into the unknown. And he said, go out into the hand of God. Go out into the darkness and take the hand of God. That will be better for you than a light and safer than a known way. And I knew in that moment that was a word for Michael and Fanette Parks and their family. It became a word for Janet and I. So you just keep holding on to his hand. You ever see the child walking with a parent like down the hall, down the mall, across the parking lot? And it I'm like, slow down, parent. Your legs are like that long and the child's legs are like that. You take one step and they have to go four times, you know. And then we wonder why they look so clumsy, you know. And then the arm's up like that and you're like, come on now. It's not in my sermon, just a thought. Sometimes when you're holding God's hand, he'll pull you along. Sometimes you can feel really clumsy. Like, I don't know where we're going, what we're doing. The child doesn't, listen, I walked out, I I had Fallon with me the other day. She's our soon-to-be four-year-old granddaughter. And she, we got out of the car to go into HEB. I didn't even ask for her hand. I got to the back of the car and she just walks over and grabs my hand. She already knows. It's a parking lot. I'm a little girl. Hold Papa's hand. Went inside, let go of my hand. Walking back out the door, she just grabs my hand autom- automatically. I'm like, God, let me be that way. <laughs> there are times I should just instinctively know, oh, I better hold on to him right now. It's, it's, I just need to, that's a parking lot. I don't know what's, oh, I know where I'm at. It's good, God, yeah, I'm right there. Pop's right there. I didn't walk off. I'm walking down the aisle. She's coming because I didn't want to drag it. You know, she's got to catch up. I'm walking, and she came behind me, and then I, every once in a while, I'd stop, let her catch up. God will do that if you'll just keep following him. He's, he's not going to run off and leave you. Here's another verse about trust. The Lord says, I'll guide you along the best pathway for your life. I'll advise you and watch over you. Okay, I trust that. Zechariah 4, it's not by might or power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Not your spirit, not your willpower, by his spirit. I gotta have his spirit, Holy Spirit, in me, filling me, leading me. So let me wrap up. Jesus died on the cross for everything you feel bad about. He was crucified so you could stop crucifying yourself over those past failures. You know what that's called? It's called grace. Here's what David said, Psalm 51. Maybe it's your prayer as you begin this new year because David trusted God and he prayed to God. And he said, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love and your great compassion. 
blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. Verse 10, he continues, created me a pure heart. Do not cast me away from your presence. Oh, there's a prayer. Do not put me out of your presence. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. God specializes in new starts. It's called, it's called being born again. And that means we all get a chance to start over. So I wanna pray with those of you here today, everyone in this room, everyone listening, wherever you are, that needs to make a fresh start. I'm talking about believers, not just unbelievers. I'm talking to you believers right now, all of us. You need to make a fresh start. You need a moment to say, okay, I'm gonna hold on to his hand and I'm gonna follow him. I'd also like to lead a prayer with those of you who would like to begin this new year with Jesus as the Lord of your life and the leader of your life, as Savior. The Bible says if you'll just pray a simple prayer, Lord, forgive me. I believe you died for me on the cross and I believe you rose again back to life on the third day. I confess you as the Lord and the Savior and the leader of my life. The Bible says you can be saved. So I'm gonna pray this prayer and I want you to just pray it in your mind. Pray it out loud, mumble it, however you wanna pray it. Let's pray together. Dear God, as I begin this new year, I ask you to give me a fresh start. I accept responsibility for my part of the problems in my life. I'm gonna stop making excuses. Forgive me for not listening to you. Forgive me for thinking that I knew better. Help me, Jesus, to realize the good that you brought into my life. And help me to learn from my experiences and use them for good to help others. And so today, I act in faith. I open my life to you. And I ask you, Jesus, to be my savior, to forgive me and to guide me the rest of my life. I trust you to give me the power to start over. Come into my life and take charge. I ask you to be the Lord and leader from this day forward. In Jesus' name.